The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Fred Von Ox from Bearded Villains. Listen to the Punk Corner every Thursday at 5 o'clock. up it is your boy johnny max stealing bags back at you for another edition of the all angels podcast this podcast is the april review show for the year 2017 obviously first month of the season has had its ups and downs but obviously we're up right now so it's all good i am joined today by this on this podcast by daniel garcia halo haven zone daniel garcia daniel welcome to the show bud thank you for having me no problem bro so We'll get we'll get right into it. I mean, as far as um, I mean, I've I've jotted down some notes. I know you got some notes jotted down there. But as we stand right now, the Angels finally have a day off. I believe they played like two weeks straight, almost without a day off, right? So they got a day off, but they are they're gonna t- face. I believe they face that tough lefty from uh, Seattle tomorrow. Yeah, Paxton, right? Paxton for Shoemaker, yeah. And that's gonna be that's probably we won't see uh, Felix because he's on the DL, but Paxton is proven himself to be probably the best left-hander in the league so far. It's going to be tough. 
Yeah, he's definitely stepped up as far as, you know, being uh, Felix being out and, you know, Felix getting older, Paxton, you know, 3-0 record, 1.39 ERA. Oof. So, he, I mean, he's, he's definitely going to be a tough, you know, a, a tough out for uh, tomorrow when the Angels are up in Seattle. Yeah, so tough game tomorrow. Tough series, I think. It's a, a different Seattle team than we saw at the beginning of the season. Um, but we're going to be tested here because then after this series, we got three with Seattle, we got three with Houston at home with Houston, right? Yes, home. And, and then three in Oakland, at Oakland, yes. and then back home again. So they're going back and forth. But that Houston series as well is going to be a tough one because obviously Houston is at the top of the pack in our division. Um, just so you guys know, we're recording outside, so if you hear some noises, we're, we're enjoying the lovely Southern California weather here in Riverside, California today. <laughs> All right, so looking forward to this uh, battle against Seattle. What do you expect the Angels to uh, – I mean – Obviously, we all expect them to win, but in all reality, like I've said before, Daniel, the Angels need to have the mindset. And I think Mike Socha said this about know, about five, six years ago, whereas you have to have the mentality to win every series, you know. And they've done that in the last two, but uh, realistically, going forward in this next few series, what do you see from the Angels? What do they need to do to, to overcome? You know, with all the injuries that seem to be, Ooh. you know, piling on top of each other, if you can get out, you know, Seattle's three, so, you know, get, maybe you get two of two or three, then you play Houston, which is a tough team. Yeah, it's home, but, you know, realistically, maybe you get one of two and you, you know, draw even the, for mm -hmm. those six games. Yeah. Oakland, that's going to be the key one because, you know, they're not a strong team. If you can, again, sweep them again, that's going to go a long way because of the previous two series, which is, you know, Seattle and Houston. So, right. you know, if you can... Play those first six and kind of tread water, and then hopefully sweep Oakland again. You know, it, it'll definitely be a step in the right direction. I think that's more of the realistic view as far as the, the beginning part of the May schedule. Right, and it's always so hard to kind of analyze the first month of the season and and, and use that as like the what's going to happen for the rest right. of the season because right. it's just one month. But at the same time, I think we've seen a lot from this team in this one month. So let's get into the review here. April started off like not too bad, and then when we did the live podcast under the Big A, we had a lot of uh, comments, or we had a lot of not negative comments, but let's face it, they weren't playing too well. The def the offense was the one struggling at that point. At the beginning of the year, it was the offense picking up the pitching. Then it was the uh, pitching that fell off, and the offense was bailing us out. And then it, now it's kind of like they're kind of evening themselves out. But if you look at April, dude, and I have some stuff down. Obviously, our record right now is fourteen and thirteen. Yep. We're one game over five hundred. That's, I mean, that's awesome. And, that, it, right? and I looked at it, and I went back and looked at last or last few years. You know, just kind of curiosity. Uh, two thousand sixteen, we were twelve and fifteen, okay. three and a half back at the same time. Uh, two thousand fifteen, uh, twelve and fifteen as well, six huh. games back. Wow. And then the you know two thousand fourteen when we won the division, exact same record. 14-13 Four, uh, with three and a half games back. So, right. you know, if you're taking recent history in, into account, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to be, you know, just one game over 500 because, like you said, everyone, everyone's still trying to get into their group. Batters are still trying to figure out their rhythm. You know, a lot of guys are, are, are kind of slow starters or notorious slow starters. Angels are too. Yeah. So if you can even, you know, break even with the 500 record or in this case one above, it helps. It helps. It, it definitely doesn't put you in a hole to where you're going to start be digging out right. you know, in, in the later summer summer months. I think it was 2013 where we were so far behind. 
that when we tried to make a comeback at the end of the season, yeah. we just we, there was those games in April that killed us. So, right. yeah, being above 500 is a very good thing. And to be honest with you guys, the way that we're playing two weeks in, to have them be over 500 right now, it's really good because you were just kind of like, oh man, this is starting to go sour, you know. And then, like you said, like you know, like I mentioned the injuries. That's, I mean, that's the biggest okay. thing is you know we're under the big A a couple weeks ago. Boom. Uh, Richards. Richards. That's when the 60-day DL for Richards comes out, and mm-hmm. then I'm on my way here, and then I get the update on my phone, and then boom, Skaggs is out for you know 10, 10 to 12, 12 weeks. 12 to 12 weeks. So it's like if it's not one thing, it's another. If, yeah. If you go into spring training, pre-spring training, and you and the, you looked out their potential starting rotation, mm-hmm. Skaggs is gone. Richards is gone. Tropiano. Uh, Tropi- well, Tropiano and, and Haney were never really in this year's, but I'm saying like almost three guys that you were projected to 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 do something this this right. this year if they're out and now you have Shoemaker and Alaska were the only ones that you were like are, are from your original yeah. original five right. I guess you could say but it, it, it's just one of those things where if they can keep on treading water then hopefully you know Skaggs and Richards and, and you get the back end of the bullpen or you know uh, Street and, and Bailey Cam and Bailey yeah. Morin I mean shoot we got a seven, eight, a seventh inning, eighth inning, and ninth inning guy on the DL. We got yeah. three starters, pretty much two, three starters. You know that can actually, you know, because Haney, Tommy John, he's not was never really. Yeah. Into it. But I mean, at a certain point, you're just kind of like hoping to just tread water and let these guys get healthy, let these guys get back into the rhythm and make a strong push and you know push in like you know July, August, you know, and see where it goes from there. Yeah, that's that's something that that you mentioned the Skaggs injury, tw- t- uh, ten to twelve weeks. With a grade two oblique strain. Now, I think I'm not sure it was a, another Angels pitcher that last year went down with an oblique strain. I think it was Shoemaker the year before that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it bothered him going forward. Even you know, even when he came back, right. it was very you know oblique strains like it's right there where you, you can't breathe almost. Right, you know? and the stretch and you know with with this any athlete in general, you, yeah. you got to be able to have your flexibility. You got to be able to stretch and be comfortable doing Especially that. Especially a pitcher. Yeah, exactly. And, and any little tweak from that or any little discomfort now your now your mechanics are off and now you're looking at bigger things like a shoulder an elbow something bigger so i i don't blame the angels at all for being like you know what? we're gonna take it easy because you know our our long-term goal you know maybe maybe it is 2018 when you do get back that haney and and um tropiano and you know you are able to, to put out that pitching rotation that you've been wanting to put out for the last two years but yeah. haven't been able to so you know take it slow it's, it's not the worst thing in the world right now yeah so first month of the season the pitching we've already touched touched on the injuries the one thing that stands out to me daniel is we said at the beginning of the year and it looks like more now they're kind of getting into their groove the guys here aren't hurt but um, I, I jotted down some stats here in our starting pitcher. Our rotation before the Skaggs injury was Skaggs, Nalasco. Well, I threw Ramirez in there, Ramirez, yeah, Chavez, and Shu. Now, they all average about 20, they've averaged 29 uh, innings in like five to six games. Right. Uh, Skaggs, 29 and one thirds inning in five games. Nalasco has thrown 28 and one thirds of an inning in five games. Ramirez has thrown 27 and two thirds. Now, Chavez is a workhorse of the staff with 30, yeah. and Shu has thrown 26.5. Now, they're averaging about five and two-thirds innings per game. That's going to have to go up if oh, they definitely. want to. That bullpen, let's be, let's, that, I'm, I jotted down the bullpen <laughs> uh, innings pitch, and that's a lot. You have two guys in Petit and Norris that have pitched 14 and a third 
yeah. one thirds of an inning. Parker has thrown eleven, and, and Parker is a situ. I just see him as a situational one inning guy, seventh inning same guy. Thing with, I think Alvarez is the same way. Yeah, yeah, Alvarez is a guy you want to bring him for a lefty. Um, Cam, before he got hurt, has thrown six and two thirds of an inning. That's yeah. a lot for a well, guy. They, they asked him to do a. Two six innings. Yes, back to back nights. Right? Yeah. I, don't know if, I know it was in the same series. I don't know if it was back to back. Okay, it might have been. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I remember because one of those games I was there, and I'm like, they're bringing Cameron already for six six outs. I'm yeah. Like, and then granted, because we don't have that eighth inning guy. Right. Because we kind of last great eighth inning guy we had was probably you know Cam last year, but before that, um, Jepson. Jepson. Yeah, he was an eighth yeah. inning guy. When you came in, you went you went Jepson Street. I believe that in the 2014 season when we got a street at the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, oh, cool, man. You know, Jefferson's going to throw the ball hard, and then, and then Street's not exactly a, a fireballer, but he has a good change. He changes speeds very well. Yeah. You know, so you're like, all right, cool. But now it's like, well, who's going to be eighth inning guy? It's always that kind of question. Who's going to be that guy? And, you know, it, it's coming out the, <laughs> that uh, Cam was eighth and the ninth guy while he was healthy. Yeah. And it's you, if we had a healthy Bailey – yeah, you have Parker for the seventh even, or if a guy gets hurt sixth one inning, you put Cam in the seventh, Bailey in the eighth, Street in the ninth. Right, it, yeah, it, and Nor and that we're leaving Norris out yeah, of that. Yeah, and Norris and and I like Norris the starter or not started the closure. Don't get me wrong, but it's like I, when I saw that signing, I'm like, oh cool, he's gonna be that bridge guy that might yeah. give you like the mm-hmm. might you know say somebody gets roughed up, all right, he'll pitch the fifth and sixth inning and, yeah. say, and we'll do fine. Spot starter. Yeah, exactly. Spot starter. Someone needs an extra day. You can bump people. But, yeah, I, as far as Bud being the closer coming yeah. in the season, I didn't see that coming at all. But That's crazy. He's doing he's he's doing good when, when they're asking him to put yeah. in a situation he's never been in before. He's got five saves with a 2.57 ERA and the 14 and one-thirds innings pitched. And I think, I think, it, it, I think if you even look at his ERA um, – just at the closer role, yeah, yeah. All, I think those, I think all those runs are him not. Be, I think he. I don't think he's let a run or maybe one run as a closer. I think so. I think recently too. Yeah. But it was we had. A, I think we had a three run lead or something. Yeah, but, but I'm saying like yeah. So yeah. like all the all those earned runs are mostly out of the bullpen, maybe on that second or third. I think it was. Pitch. I think it was in the uh, opening series against uh, Oakland where he might have given up two or two or three runs right. in an inning. But you're right. That was when he had to come in in the fifth inning. When we were getting beat, and it's know? probably too a situation where I don't remember off the top of my head, but you probably put in a you know a closure. Cool, you start the ninth, yeah, fresh start, no bases, no one on base, you know, and then you come in into the middle of a game as a, as a reliever. It's kind of different. Now you come in, yeah, there's one out, but now you got a guy at second and third. Now you got to hold, you got to hold those two guys there, and you can't you know yeah. let the thing keep on going. So it's a whole different mindset. Oh yeah, that's crazy. So the pitching staff, obviously, they're going to have the same record we they just have fourteen and thirteen on the season. They've allowed 106 earned runs. The one number that stands out to me, well, they have a 3.95 ERA. That's a little high. Uh, the 38 home runs allowed, um, Nolasco, yeah. I think, has been kind of serving up the gopher balls there, especially at the beginning of the season. Um, that's a lot. Um, that's going to have to go down, obviously. And I think that once the rotation starts to get deeper in innings, I think the home run numbers go down. I think, I think the whole... They kind of get into a groove, you know? Yeah, and I even looked at um, ERAs broken down by innings. Uh-huh. So, you know, for example, you're saying Alaska. Alaska's first two innings, he's a 5.4 ERA in both oh. of them. And, and same thing with Shoemaker. Shoemaker's is, is the drop-off is kind of crazy because in the first inning of the season, he's his ERA is 10.8. And then you go to the second inning and you look at his ERA, it's 1.80. Wow. So it, it's like one of those things where if we can get out of the first, second, third inning, you know, 
maybe one run, maybe two runs, okay, we'd be all right. But we're getting up those five, six, you know, first handful or first couple innings, and it's, it and goes back to your previous point as far as pitch count. You know, when you're giving up five runs in two innings, of course your pitch count's going to be up around the 40, 50 right. through two innings. And now you're already having to think about who you're going to use in the bullpen and at what point. Right, and that's been the problem. Every time I'm watching the game, I'll see it. Third inning, 58 pitches, 62 pitches. Right. Oh, yeah. And you're like, man, just get us through two more innings because <laughs> you'll be at 82 by the time you reach the fifth inning. Right. You know? You're hoping for an easy one-pitch ground out. All right, cool, man. And, we'll take it. And it never seems to happen because what ends up happening is they'll get two quick outs, and then the next guy gets oh. a hit, the next guy walks, the next guy, you know, I don't know. And, and that's been the, the story so far. But let's be 100% honest. They're doing a decent job for all the injuries oh, that they've what, had. Yeah, if you were to tell me, uh, and if I just woke up from a coma, and you were <laughs> yeah. to say, okay, these are the people that are on the DL, and these are who the people are in your rotation, and these are people in your bullpen. How do you think you're going to be doing? I'll be like, you know what? It, you know, we'll be lucky if we have you know a handful of wins. But yeah. The fact that we have we're 14 and 13 going into the month of May, mm -hmm. you're right. It shows a lot of grit, a lot of you know, a lot of you know want to from the pitchers and 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 and. Just the team behind it. The defense looks really well. Simmons is playing well. So, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. The defense is out there and helping the pitchers, and the pitchers are out there, yeah. you know, doing what they have to do as far as getting key outs in key situations. Yeah, and the, the, I, I commend the pitching staff. A few guys that stand out to me. Obviously, Bud Norris stands out. Right. Um, I like Parker a lot. Parker, um, yeah. He's I just, like a pickup. He yeah. Was, he was someone that they picked up late, I believe. Right. Uh, and he's a guy that reminds me of a Brendan Donnelly type guy. Right. Where, Keep him for an inning, but he's gotten into trouble when you pitch him more than an inning, you know. And obviously, that I don't know if I don't know what it's his first year with the club, so I don't yeah. know exactly his his repertoire. But I like him for an, a solid inning, three outs. He's a high strikeout guy. Right. Petit's shown that he can get some guys out and pitch more than an inning or two. Um, Alvarez is a guy that comes in situational. I like him. Um, it's crazy that uh, Ramirez leads a team and wins with three. <laughs> and Skaggs, who's now in the DL, leads a team in ERA, and it's high with a 3.99 ERA. Right. And then Ramirez obviously leads the staff in strikeouts with 31, which is pretty impressive. 31 strikeouts in 27 innings, that's more than a strikeout per inning. So he's doing a hell of a job. Um, moving along from the pitching staff, let's, let's look at the team as uh, offensively. Um, I jotted down some stats here. Team batting. The Angels have 23 home runs, 97 runs batted in. Their batting average is low at 239. Yeah. Um, I think that has a lot to do with like Pujols and Crone not really doing yeah, too much. Um, 79 walks in 27 games. Obviously, Mike Trout leads the team in hitting with 364 home runs with seven. Stolen bases with five. Yeah. Uh, hits 36. Uh, Pujols, however, as much as I criticize him, he leads the team in RBI with 22. Yeah. It's I, crazy. I was looking that up and I was yeah. surprised by that too. I'm like. You know, and, and that and that's good for for for, for Trout because if, if if he's getting on, and Pools is consistently bringing mm. him in, yeah. or Calhoun, there's that protection aspect where they have to pitch to Trout. They yeah. can't afford to walk yeah. him because now here he goes Albert and he's bringing him around. Right. You know, something down the line, even if Trout's on first, he's a threat to come home right. automatic. Right. So you have to kind of pitch Trout a little more, uh, try to get play, play him for for a contact out. You right. Kind of, Hope for a walk, or hope for a strikeout, and then you end up walking the guy. And he yeah. has a base. And next thing you know, boom, he's in scoring position. Yeah, and the other thing with the Angels lineup is you got to remember they they're doing decently. They're 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 kind of they're getting runs when they need to in key situations, especially of late. 
And you got to remember, the slow starts by Pujols, who's batting like, uh, he's batting 231. Right. Only two home runs, but he has 22 RBIs. But you got to think, Crone is not hitting well. Right. Calhoun was horrible for a while there. He's actually had a very a good series. I yeah. was listening to the radio on the way home from somewhere, and they said, oh, yeah, between just this series in Texas, he's gained another 10 points on, the, yeah. on his batting average. Yeah. So it, it, it shows how early it is that right. one series can, can fluctuate oh, your, totally. your your batting average or ERA or yeah. any, any of those stats by so much. But hopefully this is what it takes for him to start, to yeah. start going. And when you have a guy, even after Pujols, let's say Trout gets on and then Pujols makes it out, you have to have the guys behind Pujols. Um, I'm excited to see Luis Valbuena coming back. He should be back soon. That's he, another guy that's tomorrow. I mean, yeah, they're hoping they're shooting for tomorrow. He's got pop. The dude hit 25 home runs about last year for Houston. I think two seasons with 20 more home runs. Left-handed power bat. Right. Hits the ball down the line. So gets a lot of doubles. On a walk to Mike Trout, Pujols strikes out. He's got a guy like Valbuena up next that can hit a ball down the line. There's no way that Trout's not scoring from first base. Right. So it's stuff like that that the Angels still haven't even seen the bat of Luis Valbuena. They still haven't seen uh, C.J. Crone heat up, even Calhoun be consistent. This all gels together. And let's not forget Danny Espinosa, too. The, guy, the guy's got pop, but really he hasn't shown out. it yet. He strikes out a ton. Oh, man. I think he, he leads a team with like 34 strikeouts, and the next closest guy is like 22, 23. Uh, man, that's a, you know, but... And we got to remember where second where we were at second base since Howie well, Kendrick yeah. left. And 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 coming into the season, the Angels knew what they were getting from Espinosa. Right. So all these strikeouts isn't some kind of whoa, where did this come from? It, it was they wanted to upgrade the middle of the fence with between Simmons. You know he's going to be there, and you want a guy with just almost just a strong arm playing second. You know, same kind. Of, I mean, he plays shortstop, yeah. I believe, in Washington before yeah, he came over. So yep. you know, he's a great fielder. So whatever he's lacking on the offensive side, he's definitely making up with some of those turns those guys right. are making in the first month of the season. Right. So it it, it sucks that he that he does strike out so much, but you kind of knew yeah. what you were getting when when you right. signed him. It's not a surprise. No, and and you got to remember, even even with the struggles, he's come up in a few games in some oh, key yeah. situations. Yeah. And came through that. The Oakland. The Oakland. The, mm-hmm. the, yeah. It, it, if you can get if you can time those ones right, that's all, that's good. You know, it's all about situational and yeah, how you can top, uh, how you can uh, take advantage of a situation. Right. Aside from Trout's impressive numbers, Trout's being Trout. He's gonna put up his numbers. Right. The guy like you mentioned, Anderson Simmons, batting two eighty four. Yeah. Already has three home runs. I, they were saying on TV the other day. I think he hit the three home run mark last year. Like. Yeah, I don't even know what. I think he had four all he year, had four, right? He had four all year, and here he has three. Yep. Yeah, he had the grand slam the day I was there at that game. When he, I think you were too. It was the day we went to the big, uh, yeah, to the big yeah, right? Yep. Um, grand slam home run that day, and it's not even just that. I think it's just him getting on base too. He's been getting on base well. I yeah, think he's, he's second on the team on on base percentage. Yep. Two eighty four. So. Uh, batting average. He's doing. Good. I mean, that's what you want from. If you can get a two seventy hitter from our shortstop, that's fine. You know. Oh yeah. Um, he's, He's well above his career average right now as yeah. far as uh, batting average because he's a, his career average is 262 and he's at 284 right now. So if he can just maintain I'll take that, that, I'll take that. Yeah, all you, day. Know, you don't need him to bat over no. 300 by no means, but if you can get on a consistent pace, yeah. it, it, it does wonders. And then this this guy with the glove is incredible, oh, dude. Oh, definitely. Anything that gets hit that way, I'm not even worried about what's going to happen, the decisions that are going to be made. 
He's got that mind, dude. The, those tags that he put down. Did you see those tags that he put down? In oh, those definitely. Oh, my God. Well, he's, he's jumping to make sure it doesn't go over the top, and then he still has a presence of mind to yeah. grab it and, and, and get a leg and right. sweep tag. Or it's a, it's ridiculous how baseball smart this guy is. He's always he's always in the right situation. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple, was it last week, where a ball tips off of Yunel's uh, glove, and he's, oh, look what I found. He pop, grabs it out of the air and throws a guy out at first. So, yeah. I mean, it's not every day you, you see what a... a uh, Five, uh, five, six, three. Uh, single put, put out. out. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy how smart he is and how you know he wins you games just by doing stuff oh, like that. Yeah. I mean, just the little things. Yeah, runs all the time. And uh, I go back to the trade of Eric Ibar. People were so upset. Yeah, and I told people, I'm like, this dude's like 25 years old. Let's look at his numbers right now. I think that year he had 13 home runs with that banner. Yeah, I think that was his that was yeah. his career high. And I was like, you know, Ibar's 32. Right. You know, he was already declining, and look, let's look, look at him. Look, where is Ibar at now? And right. Oh yeah, Simmons. I, you definitely. In, in a situation like that, it's always sucks to kind of lose, and kind of the same way with with uh, Gio Batella. It's always sucks to lose a crowd favorite. Right. Everyone, everyone's the point. No, why, why, yeah, yeah, why? Yeah. Keep you know, keep my my favorite player on the team. But at a certain point, you have to look. You know, if a guy's gone his way down, and you yeah. have a possibility to get a guy up, and everyone was mad about the Ibar, and they're mad about giving up. Um, the, the pigeon prospect at the time we just oh, drafted uh, um, the guy uh, Chris always talks about right yeah he was um, in six sixers for a while yeah I can't remember his yeah. name right now but yeah I but know like, about. exactly that's the point like he's still a prospect he's still yeah. trying to make it up he's, he's not killing it by no means and you're you're trading an unknown yeah he could be great yeah he might not you're trading an unknown factor for a proven commodity like yeah. you know what you're going to get when when you got Simmons. You right. Know. So it, it always... And Young still, I think, how old is he? 27? 20, 28, maybe? Yeah. Maybe? 27. So, yeah. I mean, we've had him already last year. We're second year with the Angels. He's under contract for, I think, another two years, maybe. Yeah. So it's like perfect, perfect trade. I mean, I, I mean, looking at it now, I mean, if it's you told always, me what... Okay, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah, you know? it's always good to have a, a solid defensive player. You know you're going to have him for at least, you know, Two, well, they'll end up being about three, four years guaranteed, right. and then you know when contract comes up, you know anything can happen there. But it, it's always good to trade someone on the way down for a, a player that you can control for a handful of years. Right, and that's what the Angels did with Simmons. Unless, unless it's a guy like Mike Trout, <laughs> you're not going to get traded. Nope. And people, I hate that Trout. Oh, Trout can be traded. I'm all. You know, unless, think, unless you're going to get like their top. Like three or four major right. league guys yeah. plus or top three or four prospects that are on the brink right. of coming up, which I think no team I don't would. Think, I don't <laughs> think the only oh, I don't even see. I couldn't even tell you a team right now. Yeah, it would be like the it's like the, the Yankees, Cubs. Give, it's like the Cubs giving you Rizzo, Bryant, and you know whoever their top three or four prospects right. are for for one guy. Or the Yankees give us Gregorius and Judge and their Judge. top prospect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not really. It's always. I guess on those slow summer, you know, August days, you need something to talk about the yeah. dog days of summer. But other than that, yeah, I don't – he's not going anywhere. He's – That seems to always come up, and it's always like, oh, well, they can, you know, oh, he, well, he doesn't want to be there. And, like, has he even said this? It's yeah. just people talking, running their mouth. And it's only going to get worse, too, as far as Moore's contract. He signed through 2020. So, yeah, that 2019 season yeah. is going to be like, oh, is he – and if we don't, and if we don't win yeah. consistently, they're gonna say, "Oh, you guys are wasting his years." Um, let's touch on something real quick that was talked about for a while at the beginning of the or like two weeks ago. 
Not so much now that they're winning, but the whole Mike Sosha situation, oh, bro. I can't. <laughs> you know, what do you think of that? Sosha, okay, I understand there's a, a complacency that people have, like, oh, he's been here forever and now it's not working, so let's get rid of him. Right. You know, I don't care what sport it is. I don't care if it's the Patriots in football, if it's the Spurs in basketball, if it's the Steelers. In fo- like, it seems the top-level teams consistently have some kind of structure to where the main guy in charge is there you know, through a long period of time. There's not a big change in the upper, the uppers. But what I don't get is people will get mad. People will say, we're losing, we're losing. At a certain point, Sosha puts them out there. But if he's telling a pitcher, hey, this guy's weak against the slider, this guy's weak against the changeup, and the pitcher decides, you know what, I'm going to shake it off, and I'm going to throw a fastball because I want to, and do, yeah. cracks it for 500 feet, that's not on Sosha. Yeah. You know, these, yeah. these guys are professionals. So with that, you know, Sosha can can kind of coach him and say, hey, this is kind of what I think, or his staff can be like, this is kind of what I think. But at the end of the day, the dude out there is, is a grown man, and he's going to make his own decisions. So yeah. at a certain point, you kind of have to be like, you know what, until you know what the kind of the game plan was going in, because if the game plan was right, and the guy just decided to venture right. off and do something different, I don't see how that can be on Sosha or, or any of the coaches for that matter. It's um, To me, I've always narrowed it down to, okay, you want to get rid of him now. Who are we going to get yeah. that's going to be better? Everyone has a pipe dream of uh, Joe Madden. But that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it was possible two years ago, but right. we can't we can't live in the past. Right. And, and, unless someone knows about the – and again, I don't. I, I'm, I'm completely unaware of like unless someone knows that the not next hot up-and-coming AAA manager yeah, but who, in, yeah, in, in some small city back east, you know, who are you going to get? Right. And that, that dude was Mike Sosha in 1999, 2000 when we signed him. He was a minor league coach for the Dodgers. Then he get the chance to manage the right. big leagues. Angels went ahead and took them, and three years later, we were world champions. I get that, but, yeah, we're not going to find anybody. Let be, let's be honest. We get rid of him right now. Who's going to step in and be the manager? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, it, there's just no, nobody. And I can't – again, this goes back not even this year, but last year with, with uh, again, Richards on the DL. We had the two Tommy John guys that happened. There's been a lot of injuries the last, yeah. you know, three years, two, three years – that are to being the key players, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have I have trouble putting that on a manager saying, oh, he's not doing this. Oh, he's we're losing. But at certain points, like, he doesn't control who's out there. If a dude blows out his arm, yeah, social didn't say, go blow out your arm. Right. You know, so it, 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 there's a little give and take around it. Like, I just, some people just are so hell <laughs> on fire social, fire social. It's like, for what reason? Oh, I just, I just don't like what he does. I'm like, well... Give me a little more than that. Yeah. Fire the guy. Yeah. I'm I'm like on the fence. I mean, there's situations where I'm like, why would you do that, Mike? But at the same time, I'm like, well, I mean, uh, there's nothing that we can do about it. Right. Let's be honest. Like, I don't hate the guy. I don't I don't think he's the greatest manager on the planet right now either. But he's definitely not the worst. He's not the worst. And and other managers may have crumbled with what was going on right now with the team. I think managers, or maybe just coaches kind of in general, especially at the upper levels, like coaching kids, like I coach high school football. So coaching at that level, you have more of an impact with the, with with your players about how they do things, how you do that. And I think you lose that kind of impact the higher you go up, whether right. it's high school, college, pros. Once you're a pro, you know, unless you're in the, in the minor league system and you're still trying to tweak something out, you usually come to the majors right. as a full developed player that just needs timing and, and repetition, but you're right. not going to really go on a wholesale slot, you know, change your arm slot, change right. your batting stance. You're not going to do that. So at a certain yeah. point, managers are more, they're there to manage. They're there to kind of 
if a guy's down, you know, kind of work the lineup a little bit to kind of maybe build his confidence right. back up. But at the end of the day, the players are what's going to win you well, chan- uh, win you games more so than you know a a, a manager. And let's be, I mean, let's be, I mean, it's real. The manager is not the highest paid person on the team. Mike Trout gets paid yeah. more than Mike Sosa. And I would, and honestly, you know what I mean? and, and I, just, I wouldn't be opposed to if. And the Cubs were really smart about doing this last year with with uh, Theo. He's like the top paid executive, and by a mile, it's like I don't understand. Yeah, managers are great managers there, but talent evaluators, GMs, yeah. presidents—I think yeah. those guys. If you're going to invest money in someone, a new coach, a you know something along those lines, where it's not player, right? You gotta start investing more into the into the management as far as player right. management aspect, because that's where it's gonna make or break you. Player personnel, yeah, exactly. movements, stuff. Well, to touch on that, I mean. That's, I mean, a, a, a key thing, or, or, or you nail it on the head, because let's look at the Angels farm system the last ten, seven, yeah. eight years. Right. It's not Sosa's fault that the guys that are coming up are no good. Right, yeah. You, I, mean, it's, I mean, who other than Mike Trout, who was a natural-born talent, yeah. it showed up. And even then, too, it's not like, oh, we saw this coming. Yeah. It's going to go number one. He kind of fell into our lap Yeah, there. exactly. And if we don't trade Mike Mark. You know, we don't. Mark Teixeira doesn't sign as a free agent with the Yankees. Yeah, we don't, we get, don't that, get him. Yeah, we don't get that conversation. So, thing, so he could be somewhere totally different yeah, now. And and I mean, you look at the guys. Crone's not the polished guy. Trumbull came through. He's doing okay. We ended up trading him away. But I mean, we don't have those farm. Uh, like in the 2002 team, we had Salmon, Anderson, Percival, Erstad were guys that came into the farm system. That was right. a core of that team. We don't have that right now. We haven't had that for years. Oh yeah, I and mean, you can't blame social for yeah, that. Yeah, if you just look at our our, our, our you know starting nine, you know, okay, third base signed free agent, mm-hmm. uh, shortstop trade, second baseman signed free agent, first base signed free agent, catcher signed free agent, left field signed free agent, Trout drafted, Calhoun drafted. Yeah. So when only about two of your starters <laughs> are drafted from you. And yeah. developed by you, it, it you know you need to be able to put more young talent that you've developed. Yeah, and a lot of the good teams are having that. Yeah, and then I mean when the Angels were stringing off championship teams, there was a lot of homegrown talent. A lot of uh, like you said, if the farm system can grow, it eventually they're playing Mike Sosha ball heading into the major leagues. Right. You know, back in the day when we had Sean Figgins, we'd go first to third all the time, but that was instilled from. The farm system right. down all the, way all the way up, and it's just not happening anymore. We don't have that talent. We're one of the worst. It's getting better. It's getting better. They're one of the worst farm systems in yeah. Major League Baseball. But that's what happens when you became you become a player in the free agent market. And the Angels did right. that for the last what six seven years, picking up guys like uh, Gary Matthews, Hamilton, Vernon Wells. You know, train, guys, train for a, well, the, the Granky trade where we trade yeah. like you know a handful of guys for for what it was. Essentially, it turned out to be a rental because he was gone. Yeah. After, you know, it was a trade deadline deal, and then he was gone before the start right. of the season. And so. then we ended up giving up a good player in Segura, who yeah. we did, but no one expected him right. to be that great. But yeah, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, those are the type of trades at the time where you're like, all right, cool, we need him for the stretch run. But in the long run, you're like, oh man, he left. You know? Yeah, that's why I'm never, I'm never a fan unless you're absolutely one piece away. Right. You know, I'm never a fan of trading. Prospects for a guy that you don't have control for at least for at least two three years. If it's literally like a three month rental, then like, are you really willing to roll the dice on you know a maybe? Right. Maybe you make a strong run because 
at the end of it, the playoffs are completely random, I think. Yeah. Because you look at the Angels in, you know, in 14, 98 wins, and then here come the Royals that, have, you know, that barely win the, wild, win the wild card, and then boom, they win the whole oh, thing. Oh, they got hot. They got hot. Um, and, and to be honest, even that 20, 2014 Angels Western Division Championship team, I didn't. I don't think they're any better than this team. And, it's, and again, like, it's all about like the you, pitching staff. Yeah, because well, what helped out that year was Shoemaker. You found an absolute yeah. gem, a guy that was undrafted. Sixteen games. Yeah, it's like, and you just put him out there. I think he started the season two in Triple A. Yeah, he did. And, and he comes out. And you're like, all right, that's oh cool. We had a good start. Oh, okay, cool. He's feeling better. Okay, cool. Next thing you know, you look, and he's like, you said it, sixteen wins. You're yeah. like, where did this guy come from? And that's just an extra. The guy that you probably was trying to be like your fifth starter, fourth fifth starter, now it gives you sixteen wins. Yeah. So I mean, if we can maybe and maybe you know what, maybe Chavez or maybe you know Ramirez, Ramirez shit. can be that yeah. this season. You don't know, and but I think if we're going to take this season to you know make a serious playoff one, you're going to need that guy to where wow, we signed him on the cheap, and all of a sudden he's giving this great production. We're going to need something like that where you didn't see coming. Yeah, yeah, and Ramirez can be that guy. Chavez, I I like Chavez. I just, like I said, then it's a problem with everybody in the rotation right now is the innings pitch. Yeah. Maybe just once they start getting developing into that rotation well, spot. Well, Chavez isn't, he's, he throws a lot of strikeouts, which is great when you're watching. He's like, yeah, strikeout, yeah, yeah. strikeout. But when you strike out the side, but you're throwing you know, 20 pitches doing yeah. it, it's kind of like, uh, throw in a ground ball there or an easy pop fly. You right. Know? So it, it kind of, with him, I believe it's a little give and take where it's like, all right, cool, he strikes you out of a situation, but... He, he throws a lot of pitches. I guess you can say the same for Ramirez. The dude's got like 31 strikeouts and 27 innings pitch. So yeah. you strike out a lot of guys, your strikeout numbers do go up. So, I mean, obviously, touching on the key things, the pitching, the rotation needs to – now I don't know where they're going to go with Skaggs. I don't know who's yeah. going to fill it. Meyer? Maybe? Uh, they said Meyer. They said uh, well, Daniel Wright's already up with the team. Okay, right. So he's probably more likely going to make a start now. So – what happens after that is a whole... And that's 10 to 12 weeks, too, so yeah, someone has to step in. Yeah, something, and again, you're not in a situation, kind of going back to what you are saying with the prospect, you're not in a situation where you can trade a prospect for for, no. for, a, no. for a good pitcher. Like, right. Yeah, there's rumors they can start dangling out players here and there as far as like yeah. a crone, crone. a uh, UNL, because you only got UNL for this year. Right. But what are those good guys going to bring back? Is it worth sending right. someone out? Right. If you're only going to get a guy that's kind of like... Yeah, they, and they'd have to get someone decent. Um, I see them maybe getting rid of an Escobar because Valbuena can play third base. Right. Got him locked up for two years with our option is for the third. The Angels pick up the third option third year. Right. So that makes sense. Um, right. Crone they, makes sense too yeah. because he's young. And he again, can Valbuena decent. can slide into that first base first role base, too. So yeah. Valbuena coming back, and if Valbuena comes back and, and has a, a good month in May, a healthy month in May, yeah. I think that will open up the possibilities for for trading. You know, one of the corner guys, right? Fairly easily, right? Um, other than that, aside from the pitching. Looks like the offense is doing all right. We talked about the batting average being low because of a lot of slow starts. Yes. We can't buy too much into that with one month into the season. I think once once we get through May and into June, it'll start. We'll start kind of seeing seeing where they're at offensively, uh, pitching wise. Let's just hope that the rotation can pick up some innings, kind of alleviate some of the stress on that bullpen that's been doing a hell of a job. Um, and like I said. May 2nd through the 4th, we're at Seattle for 3. We come home 5 through the 7th, Houston with th- for 3. Then we head up to Oakland for 3 on the road in Oakland. Then we come back home, face Detroit for 4. And then you said 
that's when we go on that East Coast swing. Yeah. New that, York, Miami. Uh, Tampa uh, Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, you know, hopefully Miami's playing a lot better than they have in the past. Uh, Tampa Bay, I don't know why we seem to give them trouble. Yeah. Uh, Mets dealt a big blow by losing in the garden. It seems like it's going to be for a while. Yeah, so looks see. pretty bad. So, and they just got, gave up, you know, 22, 23 runs, so <laughs> hopefully that carries over when we're over there. Yeah, and, and, and so heading into May, it's well, now we're going to start because we've talked about it before we started. They've kind of been local. They've kind of stayed close by. Furthest they've gone is maybe Texas and yeah. Seattle. Yep. Now they'll start venturing out more, and then the dog days of summer start, and that's when really we can start really kind of nitpicking and being a little more, Yeah, because you know, by then, you know, by the beginning of June, middle of June, you'll start having a bigger sample, sample size. Right. You know, everyone's going to be around, you know, 200 probably at bats, if not more. You know, pitchers are going to, there's going to be no excuse, well, I'm still kind of spring training. No, it's like, by June, you have to kind of know what you have if you want to build or right. or sell. Yeah. So, yeah, June, middle of June, I think I like I like to target around. That's when you can kind of figure out who you are. Like, you, know, you can pull any kind of AAA player on a team that he's going to be hot, you know, at certain points. But right. the longevity of it is where it comes in. And I think June gives you a good opportunity for that. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on that we didn't touch on as far as... Just the overall team. No, I mean, May. heading into May. Heading into May, you know, again, it's going to be hard. You got hopefully Andrew Bailey comes back. You know, sure. you got a bunch of guys on the ten-day DL. You got Morin, you got Cam, you got Bailey. All those guys on the ten-day DL, which again, once if they come back when in that time, will definitely give you a boost to right. the bullpen. Like, but like you're saying, nearly innings, innings, innings. So here are some guys come off the DL that. Bailey, I don't think pitched at all yet this year. I don't he might, he might you know, pitch he pitched a few games, games yeah, yeah, in the beginning. Moore and same thing, only a handful of games. Cam, only a handful of games. So if you can get those guys healthy relatively quickly and in the rotation or in the bullpen relatively quickly, that will help your bullpen issue. You're right. Because you can have, you know, and if Bud keeps on doing what he's doing, slot him into that eight. Yeah, why slot not? Slot him into that eight inning and let Cam close it out. Or if you want to, because Cam's never been a closure before this year, so if he feels yeah. more comfortable in that eight inning and, and Bud has it rolling in the nine, then fine. Keep Why it change way. it? Yeah. yeah. Just go with what's comfortable. So, you know, hopefully Crone comes back, 10-day DL with a foot thing. He took a foul ball off of it a couple days ago. Right. Valbuena, they're targeting Tuesday for a comeback. It's going to be a lefty on lefty. So I don't know if he's going to get I don't think he'll start. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he'll get the start. But it's tough lefty, too. Yeah, so, so you know, yeah. but, so definitely look at him as far as a, as a Wednesday starter. Right. Against uh, Iokuma, which is a righty. Yeah. So I, I I would look at that, but you know the biggest thing is kind of bite, bite down and grit your teeth and just kind of hope the cavalry comes as far as the health. But other than that, I think you know we touched on a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think you know fourteen and thirteen compared to where we've been in the last couple of years is definitely I, I dig a positive. It. Yeah. I dig it. I mean, we're a, we're over five hundred, and that's all you can ask for. For a team that's battled so many injuries, right. pitching too, pitching the the, the oh, it's you want to pull your hair out like today when you, I heard about Skaggs, I went, oh my god, yeah. man, what's next? So and I wouldn't be surprised, truthfully, if, if and again, I, I as my point of view have no issue with it if they're kind of on the protective side with some of these injuries, what? Yeah. just just because I've always said it, even at the end of last year, coming into this year before spring training, it's like you know what. They spend a lot of these one-year contracts or right. two-year contracts, and it's mostly because you know, let's get to 2018. Yeah. Let's get let's get Haney, let's get Trope, let's get you know all these guys healthy, and then two. I think the the the, the Hamilton huge 
Albatross of a contract comes out after this year. Yeah. So then you're gonna have some more money to spend on on, on better free agents. Right. You know, if you want to get like a better fifth uh, pitcher, or yeah, fourth pitcher. pitcher or whatever, yeah. that's gonna be the time to do it. So I always had a feeling like you know what, let's not risk these guys for this season if we don't necessarily have, have to. to. Yeah. And let's kind of target that 2018 season where we can have. And you look at it, you have you know G Rich, uh, he's can't stay healthy, so I'm know, always kind of man. concerned about him. Yeah. But, you know, Tropiano, Haney, Haney yeah. besides those Tommy Johnsters, they don't really have a history of getting injured, so you like those guys in the in the rotation. Um, Skaggs, hopefully this is kind of a minor blip. Yeah. I know he's coming back off of Tommy John, you know, last couple of years. So if we can just stay healthy for like 18, I think we'll have a really good rotation in 2018. Yeah. No, you're, yeah. So I think, you know, if, if, they can, if they can just kind of make sure you have no other huge injuries like the guy out in uh, Washington where he just blew out his ACL. Right. If, you can, if you can't, if you can avoid those <laughs> catastrophic injuries right. and just make it and, you know, be competitive, yeah, great. And then, you know, let's 18, man. I, I'm, to this day, I'm very excited for 2018 for that, for those reasons. Well, there you go, man. I mean, there's, there's, there's potential. There's a future here. I talked about it last year with Ryan Kroll on the podcast about the young arms that we have. We talked about Topian. We talked about Heaney. Talked about Skaggs. You're right. Once those guys get healthy, Heaney, especially, I don't know, I, I love Heaney. Just can't wait till he gets back. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then you said we pick up a, a solid number three, four starter there in between there. Man, I mean, the future's bright. But as of right now, we're doing okay. Right. We've kind of sailed the, the course and we're, we're, we're heading into May, one game over 500. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Um, Quickly, Daniel, before we end the show, where can they, the audience follow you or even Halo Haven? Because I know you and Chris Johnson, the curator, take care of Halo Halo Haven, and you guys run the social media. Yeah, um, you know, Snapchat and um, the Snapchat, I, I mostly do. Like, we kind of separate everything. So it's a Halo underscore Haven 2010 on Snapchat. So, you know, I'll be doing that. So send a request, you know. Always try to post when we're at games or we're, we're at functions. And again, too, like the easiest way, Chris does the Instagram stuff. He's really, he, that's, that's like his, his baby. He's right. really good at that. And that's, right. you know, simple. That's Halo underscore Haven. Um, he's always posting stuff. He's always posting stuff he finds at, at yard sales or right. estate sales. And that, I think that's super cool. Just like something that you, like, wow, I've never seen that before. Like it's crazy. When, when you, on your podcast, let's see, when you had him on the podcast. Yeah. and. Just the things like, oh, yeah, I found this. Oh, and he's so nonchalant about yeah, it. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, I found that at the bottom of a pile. It's that, insane. That, you know, 200 people walked by right. and never saw it. And, he, and, he, and I know, knowing him, he's excited about it. He's like, check it out, check it yeah, out. But, yeah. but his outward, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Maintained. Know, yeah, yeah, Mr. Cool. Like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. That's from, you know, 1985. Dude, season, it's. And I go, I was telling, I keep telling him, like, how in the hell do you keep pulling these things? I go and I don't see anything. Yeah, we went with some, me and my girlfriend went with them one time and he's like, yeah, because we always see all these halls, all this stuff, and we're like, oh, yeah. right, cool. And then, you know, you strike out a couple of times, oh, I'm sorry, guys, you know. Could find you, anything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry I dragged you guys out here in the morning. I'm like, no, dude, that's part of the thing. That's part of the, the joy of it. Like, if you if you get everything every single time, you kind of get used to it, but it's that struggle where, yeah, yeah you might go to three or four garage sales or, or swap meets and you don't find anything, but that one time you decide to go, and then, boom, you find a sign. Like, he was talking to me about a... a a sign that he saw at a swap meet that was off Angel Stadium when they had the last um, All Star game there. Right. It was like a it was a metal sign, and I'm just like, how does that get from <laughs> Angel Stadium 
at an all-star game with all the decorations right. to from swap meet in, in random Riverside. Yeah. Swap meet in Riverside, but... Yeah, the backstory is a cool thing about it. He's got so many things like that, too. Like, that clubhouse chair that he has that he found for oh, seven yeah. bucks at the Swan. Yeah, a game-used Brian Downey bat that he found in a freaking bucket at a Swamp Meet. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't... I never get so lucky. So, right. him and my buddy Mike Sanchez, they do this... They're, they're, awesome. Yeah, it's just dude, crazy. And then... Crazy. And that's kind of how I met him was just, like... I see all his posts on, on Halo Haven because he was doing it by, by, with himself right there. I was like, oh, that's cool. I see his girl... Like, he's still pictures of the garage. I'm like, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Then one day I meet him and he's like... And we hung out. You know, went to a couple... Or watched a couple games. And he's like, hey, you want to come and watch a game at my house? I was like, serious? I'm like, to me, I was like yeah, right. <laughs> it was like the ultimate man cave right there. I'm like, yeah. So I remember the first time I'm in there. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, me too, look man. Look at all this. It was insane. I I told him I was like, I like wanted to like ask you if I could spend the night and you just leave me in there by myself. You're right. Give me a sleeping bag. I'm good. Right. I sleep right there on the grass. Right. Exactly. That's the coolest part too. Yeah. I was tripping out about that. I was like, man, you got actually like the grass. He told me, oh yeah, I found a roll at the. Sw- everything comes back to swap. I found a roll of, of the fake grass at the swap meet and I bought it. And I'm like, man, dude. everything, everything it's comes insane. back. It's insane, man. If you guys want to check it out again, it's Halo underscore Haven on Instagram. Chris posts all the. There's a lot of pictures of the garage in there, right? Oh yeah. So, bus. in the bus yeah. so check it out I like I really do recommend you guys going on there and checking it yeah, out it's, and it's, all the posts that you guys do on all the social media you guys kind of keep up to date and, yeah Chris is yeah. really good too about about um, about you know co- uh, contacting people back and forth you leave a comment he's good about commenting back yeah. you know he's really fan friendly as far right. as you know and then on the on the Twitter side it, it's the same thing it, it's Halo it's a Halo underscore Haven my personal Twitter, which I'm a little more on, is uh, Dan Garcia 87. That's on my Twitter handle. So, you know, got questions, you you know, whatever. I'm always around a game when it's on. So. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Since I met you guys, I mean, I just kind of started talking to you guys recently, and and Chris, and um, I was like, man, I was telling Jessica, I was like, these guys know just as bad as much as I do. It's yeah. freaking insane, yeah, you know. That was a crazy part too. Yeah. Like Chris, I was like. My girlfriend, I thought my girlfriend, and she's kind of rolled around, like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And I started talking to Chris, and she kind of saw me, kept on going and going. She's right. like, okay, I'm going to be over here yeah. for a little bit. Then, Forget it. Yeah, me and Chris were just da 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 Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. insane because um, I got a mini Halo Haven <laughs> of my own, but it's nothing. I thought I was cool. I, I thought I had the coolest garage in Riverside. <laughs> and then I went to Chris's house. I'm all, oh, God, you got me. But, uh, no, it's it, Talking Angels Baseball. Chris mentioned it on the podcast on the podcast that he was on with me was, you know, being able to share our love for the angels. To even through here through the podcast, it's just my way of doing it. We all we each have our ways of right. doing it. You guys have Halo Haven. I got my podcast, and we can all bring that all together. That's what makes it freaking awesome. You know, um, we're able to sh- kind of share our views. We're not saying we know everything, but at the same time, this is our opinions. Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's, a, that's the best part thing about that I personally love about sports is that yeah, the competition and all that stuff is great. You know, playing in high school, I never got past that point. So, like, you know, the competition part is cool, but being able to sit down with people mm-hmm. that can, you can have an intelligent conversation right. with. There's a lot of people out there that be like, oh, I hate that. I hate when they do this. I'm like, why? Well, just because. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, I need a little more than that if you're going to be like. Why don't they go out and pick up Clayton Kershaw? Yeah. Does it really I'm, work that yeah, way? Well, why don't they trade this crappy player for a good player? Yeah. Like, because I don't know what team that's going to give you, <laughs> you know, a. a Bonafide starter for right. a, for some double A guy that's eh okay. Yeah, we're, they're gonna give us they're gonna give us David Price for CJ Crone. Yeah, I'm sure that's gonna work yeah, out those, just fine. Yeah, those people I'm like okay. And, and there's a lot of them. And hey, you know what? Those are Angel fans, and they want to be fans. That's fine. But I get it. 
to be able to kind of have a conversation with people that kind of gel. They're right, like, exactly. okay, this guy gets gets it. That's what we try to do. That's at least what I try to do here on the podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Is kind of be like, look, this is this is what we think. What do you guys think? So I welcome all your guys' questions on on um, the All Day Angels page. That's All Day Angels on Facebook or just on the Spreaker.com. Um, go ahead and sign up on Spreaker.com. You're free to sign up. And then once you sign up, you can leave comments on the actual podcast. You can listen to past, past, past podcasts. And... You know, drop your questions on there. Um, I know Chris and Anthony Hansen kind of they wanted to try to do another uh, tailgate. I don't know how soon, but once we do that, I know there's some we give away some cool stuff there. That's another way of us reaching out to the to all the other Angels fans and kind of spreading the wealth, I guess. Right. You know. Um, but other than that, man, that's going to do it for this edition of the All Angels Podcast April Review Show. I'd love to have you back on oh, anytime, for like man. the May one even, you know? Yeah. Any, yeah or uh, even, I want to have a little roundtable even with Chris and maybe somebody else where we oh, can yeah, have a roundtable discussion. Definitely, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I mean, like yeah. I said, anytime I could talk to someone, you know, about angels or about whatever it is, you know, and you respect their opinion on it, 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 it the time flies, dude. Like, yeah. I feel like we just sat down and... Yeah, it's been about an hour. Yeah, and we're done. I was like, what? Already? Like, <laughs> I don't want to go home. What's going on? But yeah. Yeah, anytime. anytime yeah. At all. No, yeah, we'll do another one. I want to get a roundtable discussion. Um, didn't really work out with Chris this time around. Not his fault. Um, but it was cool to sit down with you. But again, I want to have like maybe Chris and somebody else and we can kind of all have this little roundtable discussion on certain topics with the right. Angels. Or not even, I mean, it could be baseball even, you know, right. but mostly all Angels because, right. I mean, obviously, let's, let's be honest. That's all that really <laughs> matters to us. But other than that, thanks, Daniel, for joining me. Um, the next edition of the All Angels podcast will be this Friday. I pushed this one back because of, um, you know, I wanted to have Dan on and our schedules didn't match until today. So I wanted to make sure I got this podcast in today. I will get the next podcast out on Friday and just keep trying to keep going on every Friday after that. Um, Facebook.com backslash All Day Angels. And then myself, just look me up on Facebook. It's Johnny Mags or... Uh, Actually, on Facebook, it's John Magdaleno. And if you go on Spreaker, it's Johnny Mags. And on Instagram, follow me at HalosFan. That's HalosFan1524 on there. And give Halo Haven a shout-out. Dan and, uh, and Chris do a great job. So we're just going to do it for today. You guys have a great rest of your week. And we'll catch you next Friday for the All Angels Podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 